Hello and welcome to my channel, Breadcrumbs. Um, I really appreciate you listening and taking the time to listen to my podcast. Um, and I'm your host, Ashley, and um, we're talking a little bit more about narcissism in this episode. Um, I kind of went into some, you know, personal experiences and things that I've dealt with on um, narcissism and being an empath and um if you really want to know the signs of narcissism, I would definitely say instead of just listening to my experiences, also research it on the internet. There's plenty of great websites and plenty of great places. Google is a great way to start, um, a great place to start. Just go on there, Google signs of a narcissist. You'll come up with tons and tons of good, valuable information there. Um, I actually just pinpointed one that I think was... Um, a good one um and yeah there's like some ad playing right now so you're hearing that oh my gosh the internet has changed so much just pop-ups and crazy things that just come up out of nowhere but um and I should have a good like malware protection on here but I don't it's actually not my computer it's my best friend's so um anyway I found one that kind of embodies all of them and I can actually go through like a quick um explanation of each one um some of them are a little bit more detailed and um I would just recommend reading as much as you can about narcissism, especially, especially if you are an empath. Please, please keep narcissists out of your life because um, if you watch True Bloods, I don't know if you watch True Blood, but it is one of my favorite shows. I'm currently on season seven right now because I'm binge watching it. Um, and you would would be sooky and they would be vampires like your blood once they get a taste of your blood there's just no stopping them they will do anything and everything they can to have more and suck you dry and um so like you're the fairy and they're vampires that's how that's how it plays out with narcissists and empaths um like i said narcissists in some someone else's life um aren't as dangerous as with an empath um, just because some most people they have those tendencies to say no you're not going to take advantage of me I'm not going to let you take advantage of me um, empaths don't usually have that capability of setting those boundaries but I'm going to teach you how if you are an empath how to set those boundaries and how to um look at the red flags and signs right away um I recommend that the second you see a red flag, you don't question it. Um, as empaths, we do question it. And we're like, oh, maybe this person is having a bad day. Maybe this isn't really the true them. Listen, if they are embodying the characteristics of a narcissist, don't give it a second thought. The worst thing is that they're not a narcissist and you just took someone out of your life that, um, you know, it, that wouldn't have affected your life plus or minus anyway. Um we feel strong connections to narcissists because of their ability to manipulate. But we have to understand that those connections are based on false information. They're based on their um, telling us what we want to hear. So 
yes, we're going to feel strongly about severing that connection and be like, oh, maybe I shouldn't, but you definitely should. Just delete them out of your life and forget about it. It's that simple. Um, if, you've, if you know someone really, really well and they embody these characteristics, get them out of your life. If you meet someone upon first meeting them, um, this is what I have a hard time doing. I have a hard time initially saying, okay, this person's a narcissist, maybe I shouldn't talk to them. And that's because I always try to give people a chance and I'm like, well, this is the first impression and it's a bad one, but maybe it's just a bad day for them. And I just have to learn, no, I'm not going to put up with this. I'm not going to let this person in my life because if this is their first impression, then usually... Typically, people try to put on the best first impression possible. So if this is the first impression, then what else is behind that? Because there's a lot worse if they think that's their best impression. Um, and so we're going to start talking about all the things that embody a narcissist. So um, I would say that a person, in order for a person to be a narcissist, like I said, um, they embody a lot of these characteristics at once. The most important one being that they don't have empathy for others. Um, if somebody has a couple of these, it doesn't make them a narcissist. It just puts them on that spectrum, just like you would be on that spectrum. Um, some people are closer to empath and some people are closer to narcissist, but it doesn't make them a full-blown empath or narcissist. Um, they would have to really evaluate their life to, to find out if they're full-blown either either or. And it's very rare to find either either or. Narcissists typically um, are more common than empaths. But still, not as common as you would think unless you're an empath and then literally they swarm you. Like, you're like, where did all these narcissists come out of the woodwork for? Like, where did they come from? And it's because you're sicky and... Your blood is like sunlight, the taste of sunlight to them. And you taste like summer and flowers and they can't get enough. And they're a vampire and they will suck you dry. So, um, it's not necessarily like, um, there's a hierarchy, I guess, of narcissism. And, um, I guess you know, even in, within being a full-blown narcissist, there's different types of narcissists, just like there's different types of empaths. You can't just put someone in a category and just be like, okay, this is, this person is this type. So there's a hierarchy of narcissism and then there's a hierarchy of empaths. Um, and then there are, you know, people like me who don't even follow, fall into a specific category whatsoever. I think I'm just like an alien. Sometimes i really feel like it um just because of the way I view the world and I just don't meet many people who view it the same um so actually I don't think I'm an alien just so you know I was just kidding but that's how I feel sometimes I feel very alienated from this world so um people who are narcissists don't necessarily uh think that they're the best and the most awesome person like they they have an arrogance but it doesn't necessarily mean that they're arrogant what I mean by that is um I'll give you an example there is a woman who 
um, pretended that she had a cancer and she lied about it um, manipulated people into having feeling sorry for her and um, she was full-blown narcissist um, she wanted the control of um, the people so like somebody would be having a birthday event or something like happy and they would be enjoying themselves and she would call them up and say oh my god I'm so sick from the chemo I just need you I just need you right now and take them away from their wonderful event and um, control them into basically um, contributing sympathy and um, you know their their time on the phone or in person to take care of them um, it's a control thing the most um, important thing about a narcissist I would say is the control factor they have to be in complete control and it doesn't necessarily mean that they have they are boisterous about it they can be in control from a vulnerable position just not actually being vulnerable they can pretend to be vulnerable and not actually be vulnerable and still control situations manipulations um they're very very manipulative and so good at it um so there's different types of narcissists some that you would never even suspect as a narcissist whatsoever but you have to um you have to really delve deep into it and try to find out if you're being played or not. So, um, one is uh, superiority and entitlement. That's on the list of the ones that I brought up. And the website that I'm um, looking at is mindbodygreen.com slash articles slash 14 dash signs dash of dash narcissism. And um, when I googled it, it was one of the ones that came up. But I... Um, I was looking for something that I could run through and not have like, it just has like a brief paragraph on each one. So that way I can kind of like go through it with you on my podcast and, um, and not have to like read it, but I can just like explain each one a little bit to you. Um, because I know it all too well. <laughs> um, so I think that, um, the superiority and entitlement is um, not always present in every narcissist. I mean, it's there, but sometimes in the ones that pretend, the undercover ones, um, they pretend to be vulnerable, so you won't recognize that right away. Um, but they do have that sense of superior, superiority and entitlement, um, whether it's they're racist or they um, don't like a certain stereotype of people, like, for instance, my ex had a really pro huge problem with people who were overweight, which is strange because the narcissist that I met recently online um, thought that I was catfishing him by being overweight. So it's it's weird, but that they're similar in that way. But um, they they have to feel all the time like they are in control and that's where they derive their superiority from so whether or not they are um outward about it and say like i am the literal best or if they are just always crying and needing attention um and able to control people with their manipulations um 
still able to pull people from whatever they're doing and be able to control them, knowing that they have that control and kind of like laughing about it in their own mind. Like the woman who, um, there was another, uh, there's many, many instances of these vulnerable narcissists, by the way, um, not just in like abusive relationships, but um, a lot of times there are a lot of women who um, are the vulnerable narcissist, the undercover narcissist. And um, there was a woman who um, was an undercover narcissist and she um, went online and um, was portraying someone who was pregnant and that she was going to give her baby up for adoption and she met a family oh many many families she she actually like kind of catfished a lot of families into thinking that they were going to have her baby and she went through the whole supposed pregnancy not being pregnant she actually couldn't have kids um that might have been actually a reason for her uh, doing this is because the insecurity of not having kids but also um her need for control and her need for um, the attention that she would be getting from um, these people. So knowing that she's being very deceptive, knowing that she's deceiving these people on a very deep level, she let them fall into this fantasy that she created of they're going to have this baby it's a girl or it's a boy some of the people she told it was a boy some of the people she told it was a girl I don't know um if it was a game to her and typically most things most manipulations are a game to narcissists it's a it's a game um this person was probably also sociopath um Typically, narcissism and sociopathy kind of run hand in hand. Not necessarily does one have to be one to be the other. And not necessarily is a narcissist always a, a sociopath and a sociopath always a narcissist. Well, no, a sociopath is always a narcissist, but not necessarily a narcissist is always a sociopath. Sorry if I confused you there. Um, but um, a sociopath is somebody who will... Uh, do things that hurt other people in, in mainly like um, break the law and cross boundaries, um, extreme boundaries without a question of consequence. Um, some narcissists will consider the consequences and say like, yeah, it wouldn't hurt me if I hurt this person, but I'll go to jail and I don't want to end up in jail. So not necessarily will all narcissists be a sociopath, but sociopaths have no no concept of consequence. They don't care about consequence. Um, they run from consequence. Like the, Obviously, they don't want to go to jail, but it won't stop them from committing an illegal act um, and hurting somebody. Um, so uh, the case of the woman who was pretending to be pregnant and then she even pretended to have this baby that she never had I mean she was going all out like she had ultrasound pictures she was sending them she was um helping them figure out names for the baby she came up with this huge backstory that um she had been raped so there was even like a um a story that 
people were trying to, you know, comfort her through. And just all these things were not true at all. And she was just a narcissist that was insecure and able to create this facade, this fake world that she had all this control in. So control is the main thing of a narcissist. Narcissists have victims because they have to have victims to control. And all narcissists will have victims, um, whether it's a relationship, um, friendship, even your a narcissist will um, sometimes even choose their children as victims. Um, it's whatever person that they find vulnerable. And a lot of times their vulnerabilities come from their insecurities, um, straight from. Mine was... Um, was in a relationship sense because that person believed that they, you know, they weren't attractive and and they had all these insecurities about themselves being alone and that type of thing. But um, narcissists can can be in any type of relationship. It doesn't have to be a um, significant other. Like I said, it can be your children. Um, a child to a sibling it could be uh or not even child like narcissism is is not common but it is found it also um it is exhibited and the signs are exhibited in children as well um be, so they kind of exhibit that their whole life but adults um to their siblings as well like it's whatever um relationship even to strangers like this woman was catfishing all these families and she had control over them they were her victims a narcissist will always have a victim because they have to have control over um something they could she was a hermit like she didn't leave her house um her world of control lied in the relationships that she had with these people um she did end up meeting some of them um at some point in her pregnancy her supposed fake pregnancy but um but it was it was still um an amount of control and she appeared to be a very sweet nice loving kind person uh, so you just can't really judge right away meeting people like kind people that they are um not narcissistic you can't meet someone say oh this person was really kind and nice to me they're not a narcissist you have to keep continuing to evaluate um once you realize that they are get them out of your life um so the next one is exaggerated need for attention and validation um as is the case with my ex constantly needed attention constantly needed constantly needed validation in very physical sense um and if they didn't get that um it would there would be retaliation involved there would be some sort of um getting back at me especially if that person felt offended even if i didn't do anything to offend them um there was times when you know, I was really tired and I didn't want to be affectionate. I was just tired or I wasn't feeling well, even when I was like extremely sick and I, I did, wasn't feeling well. And, um, this person was like, uh, are you not attracted to me? Do you not want me? Like, I'm like, um, 
well, nothing's changed since, like, the other day when I was feeling well and everything was affectionate. And now, um, I'm not feeling well. That doesn't mean that I don't want to be with you. It just means I'm not feeling well and I'm coughing up my lungs. So kissing is probably not something I want to do right now or anything further. Um, but this person took that as, like, they were offended. And I got retaliated against, um, because of that. My low blows, um, horrible, um, being called horrible names and things like that because I didn't get what they want. And I kind of think of it as like a two-year-old throwing a temper tantrum. Like when my child was two and throwing a temper tantrum, um, it didn't matter if they wanted that toy. They will say anything and everything they can. They hate you. You're the worst mother ever. And you're like, it's over a toy. Like really. But that's, you know, they stomp their feet and cry and scream and, and just throw a hissy fit. And that's, you know, what a narcissist does. Um, in the case of the woman that needed attention and validation for um, her fake baby that she was giving up for adoption, um, it was literally something that she, you know, was using to control other people. And the attention and validation was her motivation for uh, continuing this facade and this fake story um I don't know if you guys saw it it was on like one of those daytime television talk shows um but it was very like mind-blowing thing to watch somebody be able to um portray themselves into such a detailed fantasy and have other people believe this fantasy um we were talking about catfishing earlier, and some people actually uh, do the same thing with like, this detailed fantasy of, you know, they're a model or this, that, and the other, and they make up this persona that's not real, and that's another, you know, way that they're manipulating people and getting attention and validation. Um, the sad thing is they're not getting validation for who they truly are because the person's saying, oh, you're beautiful, and they're inside taking that in but it's empty because they're not actually being called beautiful they're calling a model that they pulled picture off of beautiful and um they're not actually getting that real validation that they could get if they just put themselves out there um there's somebody for everybody i keep saying that but i believe that don't believe me watch jerry springer <laughs> so um they're very self-absorbed and they um their insecures, their insecurities, um, make them have very, very fragile egos, and they, they can be offended quite easily, um, no matter how much attention you give a narcissist, they're always going to want more, and that, that's why they go for empaths, because an empath will keep giving, and giving, and giving, and giving, and most, where most people would stop and draw boundaries, an empath will say, here, here, here's more, here's more, here's more, and they'll constantly uh, feed that need for attention and validation, and um, they'll keep doing it till the person is dead, and um, I mean, those are the cases where a um, husband and wife um, have been together for so many years that the 
um, husband or wife, whichever one is the narcissist, because it can be either male or female. It doesn't discriminate. There's empathic men, empathic women, narcissistic men, narcissistic women, and anywhere in between on that scale, all different types. So, um, we'll even say that it's the woman that's the narcissist in this situation. And, um, they've been together for many, many years, and then the, um, the narcissist isn't able to, um, get that, that attention and validation anymore because the person is too old and kind of just, like, not able to provide that anymore. Um, so how they end up getting attention and validation is poisoning their husband and, um, then when their husband dies, not only do they get the life insurance or whatever, um, they get all the family members saying, I'm so sorry for your loss, and, and that's another, um, way that they're feeding their attention and validation, and they ride that pony as long as they can, because, uh, then they have to either start all over with somebody else, another victim, um, or, they know that they're really close to the end of their life and you know they know that they can get that attention validation for their lost mate um for the rest of their life so um and that that is you know what you see on those shows where it's like um the crime shows you know i can't remember like on escape i watch that sometimes and like it's it's very apparent that the person who poisons the other person or kills their spouse after so many years is a narcissist and they're trying to feed that need and they're not getting what they want from their spouse because they're just too old to give it um or their spouse is actually at that point where they're like you know what i'm gonna leave because i'm too old to be putting up with this and then that's when the narcissist is like no gain that control they always have to have control it's like an integral part of who they are um and so that is their exaggerated need for attention and validation another sign is perfectionism um narcissists have an extremely high need for everything to be perfect um they don't look at themselves in um in like criticize themselves they, um, just expect other people to measure up, and if they don't measure up, then they magnify those faults to the fullest, and one thing that I noticed about a narcissist is that they will magnify the faults in someone else that they have in themselves, um, if somebody is, um, like, in a, I'll give my personal example in my old relationship because that is where most of my experience with narcissism comes from. Um, so the, um, the whole thing with my ex, it was that, um, I needed to be like the perfect wife, the perfect mother, the perfect everything. And, um, if I did anything that faltered or would you know fall short it was Mm -hmm. magnified on a large scale if I did anything where I thought of myself instead of someone else which was very rare um because 
me being an empath, I always think about other people. But um, say I made a decision that this person considered to be a selfish decision. I wanted to um, take a break because I just I've been you know doing everything for everyone and I just wanted to have some peace and quiet and um, you know go out with a friend or something it would be turned around on me and say you don't care about your kids you don't care about me you're you're a partier and you know just like an exaggeration of what I'm really doing which is like going out with a friend and maybe a group of girls or something for a couple hours and instead it would be turned around into this like I'm a horrible example of a wife and mother and I don't care about my kids and I don't um I don't deserve my husband and yet this person would be gone with his friends quite often um leave me alone to take care of the kids um, and go out and party and do the things that he was projecting on me when I wouldn't even drink when I went out, um, and not because I'm against drinking and because of my Christian beliefs. Um, I actually, as a Christian, I don't believe that alcohol is banned by God. I don't. Um, that's a discussion we can have at a later time, but I, um, I actually, um, I just become violently sick when I have alcohol in my system, so I just prefer not to drink it because it makes me violently sick. And I'm not talking about, like, drinking and to get plastered or drunk or anything. I'm talking about, like, a couple of shots, and I am in the bathroom for the next 12 hours. I'm not even kidding. Throwing up. Um, it's just really bad. So, um, he would be out, like, drinking and partying, and... I was always very understanding, like, when he wanted to go out with his friends, because I didn't want to be that wife that was like, oh, you can't go out, you can't go out. But he was that husband that was like, you can't go out, you can't go out. So mm -hmm. it was it was very hard because I wanted to give him all the things that he wanted, but um, he wasn't ever giving me, feeding my needs and giving me anything I wanted. Um, but in that situation that I was in with him, um, he projected things onto me that he was doing himself. He would can He would always be um paranoid that I was cheating and at the time like he was the one doing the cheating so when a narcissist projects something onto somebody else typically it's the problem that they have with themselves and the fault that they find in themselves um being accusatory of things usually they're accusing the other person of things that they are capable of or even doing at that time um so that's that's important to um, recognize as one of the signs. Um, no one's perfect. And a narcissist will not accept anything below perfection because they want to constantly complain about things. I mean, um, they, their expectations are so high that no one can match that. And um, just they're always dissatisfied with everything. They have a problem with everyone. And it's literally like you can name somebody and then they're like, oh, I don't like that person. I'm like, why? Oh, I just have a big problem with that person. That person talks too much or that person this. And, and it's not just a few people. You'll notice that a narcissist will literally have something bad to say about everyone when 
an empath like me has literally something good to say about everyone. Um, so they're dissatisfied a lot. They complain a lot. Um, they have a problem with authority because of the, the need for control, which is the next um, sign, the great need for control. Um, and like I said, they can control things in an undercover way um, and control people's emotions by manipulations, or they can try to control people by being um, outwardly intimidating. And um, my ex tried it that way first, but then it, I think it's easier to stand up to someone who's outwardly intimidating. Um, somebody who is physically intimidating to you, I think it's a lot easier to stand up to. It takes a while, like it took me a long time, but I was able to do that. And then in that, that took nine years for me to stand up and be like, um, I'm not gonna have you boss me around and beat on me and use me as your punching bag anymore. Um, it was harder even the, like after that, when he quit physically abusing me, he was still emotionally abusing me. When he, he quit cheating and he quit doing the things that were outwardly apparent um, because he knew that he would lose control. And like I said, it's about the control. He knew that he would lose the control if he continued that behavior. Um, if he put his hands on me, then I could prove it. There would be bruises, there would be actual things. And, and other people that he was trying to convince and rally against me would be like, hold up. Like, if he's beating you, we're on your side. If there's proof, we're on your side. And um, so they, um, he specifically quit doing that because he lost his control in the physical uh, manifestation of his anger. So he found other ways to retaliate against me. And he was smart about it from the beginning. He never like punched me in my face and things like that. The bruises would not be in apparent places, but just to have them, I would, I stood up to him and I was like, look, I'm, I'm going to go to a battered woman shelter and they'll take me because of this. And, um, and so he lost that, he lost that control very quickly because I could bring other people in and they could see the physical signs. Um, so he continued on in in an undercover sense and he was always undercover but um even more so his manipulations and control got more um um creative i guess <laughs> his ways of retaliating against me got more creative and um manipulations got worse because he was no longer able to physically intimidate me and that was harder to stand up to because literally everyone was like oh my god Ashley he's changed so much he he hasn't hit you and he doesn't cheat anymore and I'm like are you kidding me every single day of my life is living freaking hell and they're like why are you complaining he doesn't do the bad things anymore I'm like do you do you even realize like what I deal with? It, it was very hard because standing up to him also, I had to really realize that um, truly he hadn't changed. He just changed his approach for control. And it was hard for me to understand that, that it wasn't him changing. Like I thought, okay, and he quit beating me. He quit cheating on me. 
So maybe the next step is he'll stop emotionally abusing me, immensely abusing me, and controlling me, and manipulating me, and um, those things. And that maybe, you know, in time, those things will also drop out like the other things did. No, wasn't that as he changed his approach because he knew his approach wasn't working. A narcissist will be very creative in how they control people. Um, some people aren't outwardly intimidating, like that woman that I was speaking of earlier that was, um, you know, catfishing people with the idea of her having a baby and them adopting it into their life, creating this fantasy world around it. She was controlling them, but she wasn't the type of person that would be like, you will love me and you will respect me. Like, she, she's not one of those types of people, personality type. Um, to be able to demand control, um, so she had to figure out more manipulative ways to get it because she was a narcissist and she needed it and craved it and lived off of it, and that's what they do is they live on control. It's always in their character, um, always. This is the number one sign of a narcissist is the control factor. If someone doesn't have that, then they're not a narcissist, 100% without a shadow of a doubt. Um, they, whatever it is, like, um, I saw an episode of Black Mirror and, um, it was the one that, um, it was, it was, it had a guy that looked like Matt Damon. I can't remember his name. I'm gonna look it up really quick because, um, um, he looked just like Matt Damon and I was like, what? is that really, is that him? And it wasn't, um, but let me see, what is it called? I'm looking it up right now. Um, the USS Callister, I thought it was USS McAllister, USS Callister. This is the name of the episode, um, and Jesse Plemons is the name of the actor, and there's like a side-by-side -side right now that I just looked up, and it is insane. He just looks like a little bit older version of Matt Damon. Eyes are almost identical, just not the color, but like the um, facial structure, nose, hairline, everything like matches up. He just looks like an, a little bit older version of Matt Damon with contacts in. Like it's crazy. Especially the mannerisms and the looks on his face. Anyway, so back to the, uh, talking about that episode. He what he played a um like a genius tech person that um helped create this um VR world and um at work he was like very quiet and soft-spoken. He really didn't have um much control in his in his daily life. Um other people kind of bullied him a little bit, like, he, he was the typical, like, geek in high school, like, people were a little bit tongue-in-cheek about joking about his awkwardness, I guess, and he didn't like that, and, um, and so in this VR world, he actually was able to, um, take the DNA from each one of his, um, co-workers and, put it into this, um, VR world where those literal clones inside this VR world, um, and spoiler alert, if you haven't seen this episode of Black Mirror, I, I don't want to ruin it for you, so just, like, skip past this, um, probably about, like, 
30 more seconds and um so you don't if you don't get the horrible plot twist because everything that I've already set up so far is kind of um apparent from kind of like the first five minutes of watching it but I don't want to give like the rest of it away but um basically he he has control in this world a complete amount of control and he's very um extremely narcissistic um his his boisterous flamboyant not flamboyant but um overly arrogant side shows in in this vr world and he's actually treating people terribly and it just goes to the extreme very extreme on what he's capable of in real life and what he wishes he could do to people to get that control but he found a way to get control is the point so um narcissists will find that somewhere in their life to get that control whether it's at work whether it's um catfishing people into a fantasy whether it's in an actual relationship um their victim is always secluded from the rest of the world it's almost like in this world of control this is the world there and this is why i brought up that episode because in this world that he was in nobody would have never ever 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 guessed that he was this type of person um outside of his vr you know thing that he made no one would have ever thought he was capable of these things um and he kept it, it was completely separate it was completely separate it was totally different totally different person um in this world in the real world versus the vr world but in the vr world it's sad because the way that he was doing things these people were real people um just in a different dimension like he created this alternate dimension which is a vr world but it was actual reality just an alternate reality i guess so more ar than vr um and so um in a relationship with someone who is narcissistic they're going to try to seclude you from all the people around you and um, anybody who would look in and talk to you and say this isn't normal they're going to keep you away from um, your friends and your family and they'll have different reasons for it they'll say oh well this person doesn't like me so don't talk to them but it's really just their way of picking off all the people who um who bring the two worlds together they don't want that to ever happen and then they train you in such a way that you compartmentalize these two worlds as well in front of other people you guys are this perfect couple and when you're alone you're dealing with the narcissistic control factor and even in person you're um you're just portraying what they want you to do because you don't want when you're alone with them for them to say they do they still nitpick everything that you do and there's never any way to completely please them but for instance um whenever i would go to family events first of all i never wanted to go to family events ever 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 um sometimes the thought of me going to a family event without him though would outweigh the fact that he didn't want to go so he would go because um he wanted to still control me so um i would say like oh no i'll just go by myself and he in his mind i i was gonna cheat on him or 
find, you know, a family member to talk bad about him to and, or, um, you know, have a discussion on how he treats me and then be told that it's not normal. So he wanted to still control the situation I was in and make sure no one got to me and, and was able to, um, wake me up to the truth. And then also that I wasn't cheating on him because that was his constant fear that I was cheating on him and I never was. But, um, um, even when he quit cheating on me, he was always still, um, very controlling and possessive and thinking that I was, could, that I was cheating. Um, and that's because just, that's what he was capable of. And just because he wasn't doing it at the time didn't mean that he wasn't capable of it. Um, he'd done it for nine years compulsively and with, um, many, many partners, um, randomly sometimes. And, um... I'm very, very, very lucky that I didn't catch anything in the process, um, but um, I, I was like testing myself every time I found out, like, are you serious? And again, 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 another person? Really? It was a lot, but um, thank God I didn't, I didn't get anything bad out of that. Um, so the um, amount of, and the great need for control I would say is the absolute number one sign of a narcissist um, and then they're controlling the controlling that environment that they're in separate from the real world and the way everybody else views them and portrays them um, they have a lack of responsibility they don't like um, taking responsibility for anything not saying that they're not like there's no um, definitive way to explain that but typically like at a job if something you know was their fault they'll blame it on other people they deflect a lot um if they flipped out on somebody and you know just went said the most horrible things the reason would be oh well i didn't take my blood pressure medication so you have to accept that um that happened but it's not my fault it's because i didn't take my blood pressure medication so um and typically they blame the victim because it's the easiest target but if there have been i'm a pacifist and there have been times where literally the entire time i was being attacked all i said was i'm sorry that you feel that way but i love you i'm sorry that i feel that i'm sorry that you feel this way but i love you that's not very nice to say but i love you and the entire time I was being attacked for a solid, like, hour. Um, finally, he stopped. And then he literally couldn't say I did anything wrong. He couldn't say that saying I love you was wrong. So he had to um, figure out something to blame it on. So he said that um, it was because he was remembering a time in his life when something really bad happened. And he, and he literally deflected to that and then in turn after he tore me from one piece to the other like tore me apart was expecting me to now have sympathy for him and comfort him because he remembered this time from years ago when something really bad happened and it was traumatizing and now I'm supposed to just be like okay I'm supposed to forgive you because, and I always forgive, so yes, I forgive no matter what, um, and that's 
to do with my beliefs and that forgiveness is just something that um, comes very natural to me but doesn't mean that I'm okay with what you've done and that I excuse it um, excuses like that are just uncalled for you can't sit there and say that you just flipped out on someone um, because of something that you remembered from 10 years ago that happened to you and if so if that then you need counseling and um it's still not okay your behavior is not okay you can't blame it on that you have to understand that you have lack of self-control and you need to get help for it admit that you have help or that you need help and um and he he would never fully admit to being wrong ever it was like or if he did i guess like because here and there he would say like if something was brought up from a long time ago, because he wouldn't admit something recent that he did wrong, but, like, cheating obviously is wrong, and at the time he would be like, well, it's because you don't give it to me enough, or it's because you're so consumed with the children, or this is all these really crazy excuses that he was blaming me for cheating, for him cheating and lying and deceiving, and um, later in life, like, he he would be like well yes I cheated but I'm not perfect and um and that's just you know you have to accept that it happened a long time ago and I would never rub things in his face so don't think that um typically our arguments would be him bringing up things from the past and digging up really traumatic events and throwing them in my face and they would be things like um, that weren't even, they were exaggerated to not be true. I would be, um, he would be talking about a situation where somebody at work, uh, had a work lunch with someone and it could even be like a few people, but if a guy was present, then that was considered cheating. So he would be like, you cheated on me and did it. And he would just go on and on and on and on and be like, that's not fair for you to do right now because you actually did cheat on me really cheat in the real sense of um having relations with other women and i'm not bringing that up i mean i am i guess like oxymoronically yes i am but i'm trying to show you that like it's not okay to low blow me why are you doing this i have so much ammo on you and i'm not using it i don't do that how are you able to just pull things that aren't true magnify them and just completely blow me out of the water why and um he would be like oh i'm not perfect i cheated but that was years ago and and you know he would he would continuously um you know project onto me so blaming deflecting lack of responsibility um i can definitely say that he had a hard time holding a job for a long time he didn't like authority um he would always, um, bosses would always have problems with anything, a lot of things that he did, and he would be like, oh, that person's an idiot, they don't know anything, and he would have bad problems with people, um, the lack of boundaries, um, they throw temper tantrums like two-year-olds, they're insulted to be told no, they, um, if they don't get what they want, they go through great lengths to figure out how to get it 
if they have to pout, if they have to reject you, if they have to withdraw emotion from you, if they have to demand it from you, um, they're very persistent. They keep on and keep on and keep on until they get what they want. Um, that That's a huge sign of a narcissist. Um, and then the lack of empathy, that is the telltale sign as well. The control factor and the lack of empathy. Um, the fact that woman was able to completely pull these other families in and believe that they were going to have a baby child um into their lives and they were preparing they had made nurseries um for their new baby thought of names we're talking about not just that but also were very involved in this woman's life and hurt things going on with her because they thought they were building a relationship with her and and she didn't care one bit about the deception that she was causing and all the pain that she was causing and pulling people um in into this fake fantasy um my ex didn't care when he would put me down in in horrible um comments and things that he would say the low blows he didn't care he had no empathy whatsoever an example of that is when he was physically violent with me one of the times um i was bleeding and it got all over the carpet and he was flipping out about the blood on the carpet i'm bleeding and he's like oh my god you're so stupid you're getting blood all over the carpet why can't you stand on the linoleum you're so stupid and i'm like um do you hear yourself right now? Like you made me bleed and now you're mad because there's blood on the carpet. So, um, the lack of empathy is very, um, blatant in a narcissist. But as I said, it can be undercover. And so it's not something that, um, can be very, um, recognized really easily. And so you have to really like figure out motives and, um, in some people. Um, I'm going to hit through some of these other ones really fast because I only have like six and a half minutes left. Um, emotional reasoning. They don't think with actual logic. They don't. They're persistent and they're patient and then, then they groom their victims sometimes, like depends on what kind of um, narcissist. And they always have a victim. But um, they... they they use logic in a, in a different way. They don't use actual logic, but they, they try to, um, make it make sense through logic, but it's more of like, um, they're emotional, emotionally driven, which is funny because so are empaths mostly, not me but a lot of them are emotionally driven. Um, but it's on a different wavelength. Uh, empaths are emotionally driven based on other people's emotions. A narcissist is emotionally driven based on their own emotions. Oh, this person looked at me wrong? I'm going to punch him in the face. That's what I'm going to do because I feel offended. Um, this person rejected me? Oh, now I'm going to get back at them because no one rejects me. They they um, retaliate very easily based on their emotions. If they have any sense of hurt, um, that anyone's hurt them, then they want you to know how badly that you've hurt them. 
and it doesn't even matter if it was intentional. Like I said, there are times when I've offended people that wasn't intentional. And uh, if you offend a narcissist in an unintentional way, it still doesn't matter to them. They're going for blood. They're going for the jugular. And um, they can pretend to be empathetic. They'll say the things that make them sound like an empath. I understand. Um, they'll use words, you know, that um, an empath would use, which is why I think that they are able to hone in on people's um, emotions and understand what they're feeling like an empath does, but they don't feel those emotions. And not only do they not feel them, but they don't care. Um, they use them and manipulate them. Um, they get bored easy. They get depressed easy. Um, they have, they never have enough. My ex was always willing and dealing to get better, bigger and badder stuff, better car. And once he got a car that he loved, oh, it wasn't good enough. He needed a bigger engine. And, um, it, it was just constant, like nothing was ever good enough. It was always upgrade, 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 upgrade. Um, so yeah. And then, um, let's see. The splitting of personalities, and I want to say this because really quick, I would always say that um, my ex was two different people. One person that I hated so much that I, I, I would just wish didn't exist on the planet. And then the other one that I loved so much and I just wanted to be with 24-7. It was a fake. It was The good person was a fake. And it, it, it's not... One person, this person is a good person and a bad person. This person is a bad person pretending to be good. Once I realized that the good was a mask, that's when I started breaking it down and being like, oh my God, what did I get myself into? This person isn't going to change. They can't change. Um, it, it's not possible for them to change. Um, they, they just aren't able to see, feel, or remember um, the positive and the negative in in a situation, um, they can only deal with their perspective, only theirs, no one else's. Um, they have a fear and my ex's fear was being alone. Um, and so that's why, um, me leaving was, you know, a huge deal. Um, he immediately replaced me with someone else. Um, which is very common um, because they don't really care about the relationship. They care about the control that they had and they must dig their claws in somebody else quickly and get that um, feeling back. Um, they have a sense, sometimes they have anxiety, not all of them, um, but um, I would say they use it for manipulation as well. Um, my ex would constantly say, well, you can't go out because I have a bad feeling. And that, that was just a lie. It was a way of control. But, you know, then uh, shame. Typically, they have shame about something about themselves. Um, and it could be something all the way from their childhood. And um, that that shame um, also is part of their fear. They have a deep-seated fear. And those, you know, go hand in hand. A lot of, some of these aren't present in every narcissist, but I gave you the ones that are present in every narcissist. Um, the control and, um, they have to have a victim and the, um, the lack of empathy. Those are the top ones. Um, and the last two is 
the inability to be truly vulnerable the woman who was making up her fake story she wasn't truly being vulnerable she was fake vulnerable and sometimes they'll share with you true things about their lives that make them appear vulnerable but it's only to get you drawn in and um, manipulated and then the inability to communicate or work as part of a team because they don't have the understanding um, true understanding of other people's feelings and how the other person feels the lack of empathy um, it keeps them from being able to develop truly communicative um, relationships in which if they don't have the control it's not going to work everything has to benefit them and in a teamwork situation it has to be everybody has to be working together and that's not their mentality um thank you so much for listening and um i really appreciate um if you subscribed and have a wonderful day spread love light and positivity thanks